This is the Jay Doherty Podcast. And now, broadcasting live from downtown Chicago, here's your host, Jay Doherty. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Jay Doherty Podcast. This is episode number 75, recorded and broadcasted live on Sunday, February 17th, 2019. And there's a lot to talk about today. Talk about the uh, Chicago mayoral race. It's shaping up to be a good one with tomorrow night's debate in mind, which I will be live at for a special edition of the Jay Doherty Podcast. Talk about the very recent and very sad shooting that happened in Aurora, Illinois, which is right near, uh, of course, Chicago, where I'm talking to you from right now. Uh, On the world side of things, we'll talk about Mike Pence's event in Munich, Germany, and Adam Schiff is there with him, making totally different, totally polar opposite remarks about the goodness or lack of goodness that the United States President Donald Trump brings to us each and every day. It's all coming up next on episode number 75 of the Jay Doherty Podcast. Brought to you part by Blueberry. The code is J A Y D O H E R T U Y. If you want to use that code at checkout, you can get yourself a month free of Blueberry service and also support the J Doherty podcast. Uh, when I was planning this show out, I was very, I, I was thinking, oh, you know, why don't we talk about the mayoral election be in Chicago? Because that's not only where I'm uh, broadcasting from, but I closely have been following it. Um, and I haven't really talked that much about it on the podcast. And it's very interesting. It's going to ha- play a very relevant role in the future of our city. Uh, but it was very sad. And I think we're going to start with a very sad story um, and end more on a positive no- note, uh, the show. But uh, there was a very sad recent shooting uh, in Aurora, Illinois, and I was uh, lucky enough, actually, to be in the CBS Chicago News uh, room and in their studios on a totally unrelated, this was before even the uh, shooting actually broke, it was on a breaking news day, and um, I was there, and I was covering it live on the Doherty Files as it went on, it was a little bit tough just to write, uh, you know, as I was there, but I was able to cover the uh, story as it was breaking, with, um, and there were tons of things that were happening at once, uh, and there was a lot of uh, conflicting reports that were coming out from everywhere about this very terrible uh, thing that just recently happened, and, um, it, it took, it, there was a lot of leadership that was responding, and just because it was so close to, uh, you know, Chicago, the, and, and, and places around it, and it was, uh, you know, mass shooting and things like that, uh, there was, you know, there was a lot of national coverage, and it was kind of hard to conflict, to, to make sense of all the reports, but I put together an article and updated it as the story continued, um, at this press con, or at this uh, horrific shooting, uh, where at least as we know, six killed in this uh, shooting here among citizens and police officers, uh, and it was very sad. I I wrote an article on the J Doherty uh, on the Doherty files, and you can read it. I'll have the link at the website. But um, as it stands right now, at least six people have been killed in the tragic incident, according to Aurora Chief of Police Kristen Zyman. She also confirmed the uh, speculation uh, of the reports of the gunman being dead, so he is dead, uh, and his name is Gary Martin, and um, 
he it was confirmed there was speculation about his name but the Sun Times a very famous Chicago newspaper recently reported that he was um, to be laid off he was actually supposedly in a meeting uh, that he was going to be laid off from the uh, uh, Pratt Steel Company, which is a steel distribution company, and their uh, 29,000 uh, square foot headquarters is located at 401 South Highland Avenue. They have hundreds of employees within the uh, facility there, and this man went in with a, uh, a pistol, and uh, which he should not have had. It was in a, like it, he he bought it legally, but there was some error in the background check supposedly, and he was not. He had prior felony convictions, and he somehow was able to get uh, a gun. Um, and I want to also, you know, they, they the news media did a great job overall covering this incident. Uh, I want to especially thank. WBBM, which was uh, CBS, I was there uh, when they had it, they had a helicopter up in the sky in five minutes, WLS, ABC, they did a great job, and WGN, they can currently display tons of first responder vehicles outside of a building, uh, of course, in the Henry Pratt uh, Company, uh, Steel Distribution Company in Aurora. And it, and also, more importantly, a big, uh, g- great job, and thank you so much to the law enforcement, uh, sp- uh, specifically locally in Aurora. Of course, the FBI and, and so many other uh, federal officials, including the ATF and the marshal, were responding to the scene, of course, as it happened. But they their first call, and there were many made, but the first call was made at 1.24 p.m. Uh, on Friday, and the police were on the scene at 1.28 and uh, there, it took the police an hour and 34 minutes to contain the scene completely, but they did a f- great job responding, and uh, they certainly prevented a lot of, um, you know, potential casualties and things like that. So, very good job to the city of Aurora, um, and they actually gave an update uh, on Twitter uh, at 3 p.m. saying the shooter has been apprehended, but the school is on lockdown. It was actually a Friday, and... Uh, there were schools that were on lockdown or in the area, and tons of other terrible, you know, things that were happening that this man affected, uh, people's lives, but there were literally many, I mean, dozens and dozens of emergency responder vehicles for this situation, and it was, I think, really the concern, the reason that there were so many was just because the, the, how large it is, it's a 29,000 square foot facility with hundreds of employees, so, you know, no one really knows if there's, if, if it's just him, if he has a number of guns, if he has a number of people that are working with him with more guns, I mean, it was totally, it was an on-the-fly thing, uh, that, you know, people, even in the community were saying, you know, this, shootings happen, but, uh, you know, we were really, uh, it was very unexpected, and we had no idea that this was, uh, you know, going to be, that it was going to end up this way. There were reports from uh, the shooter's parents that uh, he was very stressed out. He knew he was about to get laid off, and there was even one report that he was literally in a meeting with his boss or something, uh, or someone, you know, who has authority over him, uh, who... Uh, and then he started open firing on them uh, with a pistol. Uh, the president, Donald Trump, tweeted out a little bit late, I have to say, just to be totally fair. He said, Great job by law enforcement in Aurora, Illinois. Heartfelt condolences to all the victims and their families. Uh, America is with you. And that was at 5.11 uh, p.m. And the incident occurred at 1.20 
or it was it was contained at you know it was really made public at three o'clock when these reports were confirmed. So I give him a little bit of credit. Uh, but Senator Dick Durbin of Illinois, who um, is uh, in my opinion a great senator, said, "My heart breaks for Aurora. I'm tracking updates on the situation with my staff. Thank you to members of law enforcement uh, who are responding to the emergency, and uh, you know." They did a great job uh, put, putting this out, and actually at uh, 3.45 p.m., uh, it was made public that White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders had uh, just directed a statement to the press confirming that President Trump had been briefed on the, uh, uh, the situation, and her exact quote was, the president has been briefed and is monitoring the ongoing situation in Aurora, Illinois. If you want to get the latest updates about this story and so much more, please go to the website, jay-dohert-y.com. Or the DohertyFiles.com. We have a totally new, awesome website redesign. It's still in beta. Uh, it's still not perfect, and some of the stories are not even the most up-to-date in the world because I transferred a lot of my old stories, and it's so full of content that it's <laughs> I gotta like write tons of stories uh, to keep it up. In fact, if you want to write an opinion story, please email me j at j com, and you can um, just say you know I want to write an opinion story about this. Uh, the subject is this, and my name is this, and, uh, if you write an article and you send it to me, and, uh, I just make sure, you know, I make sure and audit it and everything like that, you can be on the website at thedohertyfiles.com, just email me, uh, j at j-dohertyfiles.com. That's where it stands right now, um, I wanna, I wanna also say specifically a very, very big thank you, and I, I wanna also say the, uh, just particularly that the... Chief of Police in Aurora did a really, really good job, uh, you know, displaying what, um, what happened, and she did, I mean, it looked like they were just on it immediately, and they did a really great job, uh, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker, uh, who flew, actually, to Aurora, even though it's, of course, in the same state, I, I don't know if he originally started in Springfield, or his home in Chicago, uh, but he did a really good job, um, he did not make the issue political, uh, he just said this needs to stop, and, uh, I think, uh, the Chief of Police also echoed that message as well. They did both a great job, and um, this is, I, I want to kind of go a play-by-play, because this is just so sad, and this is what happened uh, at the press conference. Zyman, who is the chief of police, uh, held a number, there were, there were two press conferences held in the, on that day, and um, the, the first one, the first breaking update was when, because there were so many reports going around that no one knew exactly what happened, but everyone was so incredibly enticed and ready to see exactly what happened here. Uh, in this very sad situation, and I think Zyman did a phenomenal job of delivering the information to the American people. Thank you very much. My name is Chief Kristen Zeman. I'm the chief of the Aurora, Illinois Police Department. At approximately 1.24 today, the Aurora Police Department received multiple calls for an active shooter at 641 Archer Avenue, a manufacturing warehouse. At 1.28, officers arrived and were fired upon immediately. Two of the initial four officers entering the building were shot. Additional officers began to arrive and were also fired upon. A total of five officers were struck by gunfire. The other officers on the scene located gunshot victims inside the building. At this time, we have confirmed that five victims are deceased. The Aurora Fire Department arrived on scene to stage with medics. And that was the original press conference, the original part of the press conference that really 
brought this story to so much light because it was really, really sad. It was when the, when she said at least five have been deceased. It was uh, very sad, and um, you know you could even hear some gasp from the uh, from the press room right there. Five people killed in that attack. The man was with a pistol. Uh, you know, and I believe what the reports were is that, uh, the police officers, most, I, I believe the, the police officers were all stable, um, at the time that this happened, uh, at, at, at the shooting, and so I believe all the police officers are all right, don't quote me on that, because I need to kind of, uh, look into this a little bit more in terms of the police, I should have had that with me here, I have all these notes about the shooting, but, um, as, as it stands right now, uh, I, I believe the police officer, all the police officers were shot, they were, um, you know, injured, but they were not, they're, they're stable, and I don't believe any of the police officers or any, uh, law enforcement on the scene, uh, died, um, there was also uh, at, the, at when when this was happening in the next part of the press conference, the more prominent part of the press conference. She and I I said Zyman before. It's, I'm sorry, it's Kristen Zeman, and um, she did a great job. She she uh, said that they speculated, and then it was confirmed that the man was 45 year old uh, Gary Martin who came in. And at the time, there was no motive that was determined by the police officer, but it was later revealed that uh, he was about to be laid off, and his mother, according to his mother, said that that, that she was very stressed out. Here's uh, Kristen Zeman again. A regional law enforcement response was coordinated to include rescue task force, and several teams of officers went inside to locate and engage the offender. The building is 29,000 square feet, and when they located the event offender, they engaged in gunfire with him, ultimately killing him. The shooter is identified as Gary Martin. He is a 45-year-old man, and we believe he was employee, an employee of the company. At this time, we aren't sure of the motive of this act of violence. We do not have the identities of the deceased, but we would like family members to know that unification for the victims and witnesses that were in the building will be at Aurora University Public Safety Building located at 1408 South Lawn. And that's what you said there about those details. Uh, and, um, you know, with, with, uh, where the event will be held in, in the past and these incredible, very sad, uh, shootings that, uh, just happen way too often. Um, but it was later revealed in that same press conference, and again, they held two on the same day, one with the governor and one, I mean, he was there for both, I believe, uh, and they held two, two different press conferences, and, uh, one of which, Zyman, or Z, excuse me, I keep saying Zyman, it's Zeman, um, she said, she went on and she thanked law enforcement, and she was just very grateful, she did a really good job holding it together, knowing what, uh, she you know, did and how she serves, and it also really shines a spotlight on uh, how great and uh, law enforcement is and what they do is is just very valuable. So again, thank you to all of them. I'll play this clip when she thanks them. All five police officers were transported to local hospitals, and from there, two were airlifted to Chicago area trauma centers. A sixth officer is being treated for a knee injury. I want to take this opportunity to send positive energy to those officers who are being treated and to the officers and medics who showed up from all over the state to render aid. This message is for them. Thank you for your selfless act. Thank you for running towards gunfire and putting your lives in danger to protect those inside the business. My heart goes out to the victims and their families who simply went to work today like any other day. 
We offer our sincere condolences, and as the facts of this tragedy unfold, we will provide information and attempt to make sense of it. And that's what she said there at that press at the same press conference. Uh, very, very sad. The mayor of Aurora was actually there. She, he, I mean, excuse me. He said that uh, it was really sad, of course, and I think this is just unanimously agreed upon. Uh, that it's such a shame that these mass shootings, we see them so much, and it's really become a commonplace, uh, and that's that's literally the word he used, and I thought you could not have said it better. Uh, his name, the mayor, is Richard Irvin. He said that it is just so sad that these mass shootings occur. There was actually a phenomenal opinion piece written uh, in the Washington, or in the, uh, I believe it was the Washington Post, maybe the New York Times, I'll figure that out in a second, uh, that said, you know, America's real national emergency isn't this border wall, it's these mass shootings that continue to happen, shootings in general. And Mayor Richard Irvin kind of said that best. I don't think I can be clear in stating that today is a sad day in the city of Aurora. For so many years, we have seen similar situations throughout our nation. And the horrible feeling that we, that we get when we see it on the news. To experience it firsthand is even more painful. It's a shame that mass shootings such as this have become commonplace in our country. It's a shame that a cold and heartless offender would be so selfish as to think he has the right to take an innocent life. But we as society cannot allow those, these horrific acts to become commonplace. We as a society cannot allow the selfless and heartless acts of this terrible tragedy to be relegated to spots on the 10 o'clock news. We must never forget those innocent people who were senselessly, senselessly gunned down, the mothers and fathers, sons and daughters. We must never forget those police officers that rose to the call of duty and put themselves in harm's way to protect the innocent, who are also mothers and fathers, sons and daughters. Our hearts go out to the victims in this horrific tragedy, our prayers to their families during what I'm sure will be a long and painful healing process. But we will heal. We will come together as one community and stand by those in pain from today's great loss. We will stand together with those officers shot in the line of duty. We will come together and heal, and heal as one Aurora. That's Richard Irvin. Uh, he was, of course, very sad that all these shootings seem to become a commonplace in the United States. And by the way, I want to confirm that editorial that I mentioned, uh, that opinion piece, was from actually the Chicago Sun-Times. They did a really great job of doing that. And I also wanted to confirm my previous statement. I said that uh, I didn't know if the uh, the status of the police officers uh, in this shooting. No, no police officers uh, had died. They were just shot and wounded and injured. Uh, they suffered serious injuries, but no one has, uh, no one has died, so that, that is always a good sign in terms of the police officer, uh, you know, and, and, and it's always good to see that less lives were, you know, affected by, uh, this terrible incident. Um, th- I want to read a part of this, this editorial from the Sun-Times. I thought they did a really, really good job. It was from the Sun-Times editorial board. This is just one part of the editorial. And I'll put this on the website as well. This is what they said. 
We had intended to write about Trump's fake emergency today. That was our plan. We thought we would make the obvious point that it's hard to believe there's an emergency along the border when the president has been whining for his wall for two years, has all his facts wrong, and offhandedly acknowledged on Friday after declaring an emergency that he didn't need to do so. But now we have another mass shooting, not along the border, but in Aurora. The dishonesty of our national conversation, the manufactured fear of immigrants when the real and present danger is our own violent society and the stupidity of our gun laws could not be in starker relief. That is from the Sun-Times. I think no one, literally, I haven't seen anyone say it better. At 6.39, J.B. Pritzker, the new Illinois governor who was just sworn in about a month ago, said that there is no way to prepare. There are no words for the kind of evil that robs our neighbors of their hopes, their dreams, and their futures. There are no words to express our gratitude to the families of the officers who were injured in the line of duty as they responded within moments to the gravest kind of danger that they can face. Tomorrow, the families of the victims will be less than whole. He was just sworn into office uh, over a month ago. He thanked law enforcement profusely. And he just, he took a couple of questions and told reporters directly that there is no way to prepare. After all this and more, I think uh, we go back to uh, Mrs. Zeman, who said it. She summarized everything that not only she said, but also Mr. Pritzker said that these people who died really just, they don't deserve it. No one deserves to die, is what she said. At 124 this afternoon, the Aurora Police Department received multiple calls of an active shooter at the Henry Pratt Manufacturing and Warehouse Building located at 641 Archer Avenue. Approximately four minutes later, the officers arrived on scene and were immediately confronted by Gary Martin, a 45-year-old man armed with a handgun. And that's, and of course, the, I've the played kind of the prominent parts of the press conference, but I do want to just acknowledge and say thank you very much to all the law enforcement the uh, everywhere. I mean, they do such a good job, and they do it very, very well. And, um, you know, when you're called to be at these podiums speaking literally to the whole nation, this aired on every single network except for Fox News because they were debating about some something totally different, which is just a disgrace in my opinion, but literally every network aired this, every newspaper had some sort of coverage of this, whether it be video or journalism or live updates or anything like that, all of it, they aired this message and she was very courageous along with uh, everyone who was involved, including the governor and uh, many others who uh, stepped up to the challenge and uh, fought this terrible, terrible incident that happened in Aurora, Illinois the state that I am talking to you from right now. That's what's happening right there in Aurora right now. Uh, and we are going to move on to our next topic, move a little bit in Chicago, maybe pick uh, the mood of the show up just a little bit. Uh, on WGN Radio, the best radio station in the world, mayoral candidate Bill Daly, he said that he wants to amend the Constitution. What's that about? next on the Jay Doherty podcast, and uh, he, he said that in, in, in John Williams' show that, uh, he didn't say this, you know, explicitly, but uh, he said that he wants to amend the Constitution, and he also tells uh, Bill, or he doesn't, he, excuse me, <laughs> he tells John Williams how he wants to facilitate the honest negotiations on income taxes 
and he did a great 10-minute interview, which you can listen to in full on the website, uh, wgnradio.com or j-doherty.com. Here's part of that interview here. The Tribune has another big story on the front page today with a lot of homework done by Todd Lighty. And they talk about the intersection of his public life and his personal finances, Bill Daly. That's him on the phone now? Okay, good. Line seven. Mr. Daly, John Williams, you're on WGN Radio. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Good, John. I'm well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Hope uh, you're having a good afternoon. I am. I, I hope you are, too. I, I wonder what your reaction was to the story on the front page of the Tribune today. I was just about to mention a few things in that story. What jumped out at you? What should I know or care about the Tribune story today? It's about your public life and your, your, your family and personal fortune. <laughs> well, look at I've I've, I've worked hard. I'm blessed. Uh, I filed the most extensive sort of public vetting that one can do. A lot of those numbers are very inaccurate or large ranges, but, but look at I'm trying to be as open and transparent as one can be. Obviously, when you've been involved in government, especially at the level I have been involved in, you're required to make certain um, uh, certain uh, pronouncements about one's personal wealth and other things, and that's fine. That's the that's the price of admission if you're going to be Chief of Staff and Secretary of Commerce, and, and it is what it is, so I have no problem with any of that. I'll read you one sentence, though, from Todd Lighty's reporting. The Daily Campaign on Thursday declined to directly answer a question on what steps Daily would take to ensure his financial interests don't conflict with his public duties. What about that? That's a given. You can't have your public. This is this all sorts of ethics laws, and as I've said, I will reveal complete tax returns for four years, and I would take all the steps necessary. That's just a given. Uh, to make sure that uh, there are no conflicts. And, you know, it's a full-time job. I know that as well as anyone knows it. So that's that's not an issue. I'm not quite sure what he was uh, trying to get to. Um, but anyways, well, that's I... a pretty well of a established precedent, except for our president. Uh, <laughs> that seems to be the case. What, what, so. One last thing about that, speaking of the president. Sure. So have you or will you continue to... Uh, share your uh, income tax returns then with people? Sure. Oh, yes. I announced it. You know, my brother for 22 years did that, and I've said, I'm mayor, I said this months and months ago as soon as I announced that that would be the case. Um, and, and, and a whole bunch of other sort of ethics reforms and transparency that one should do, uh, and, and that's a given. Bill, this survey that was done um, that uh, Channel 5 had, uh, they asked people what were the important issues for them in Chicago uh, for the mayor's race. And number one was crime and drugs, followed by economy and jobs. Is, is that, are those your priorities, too, in that order? Absolutely. It's crime and it's taxes, and the taxes relate to the economy, relate to whether we can have economic growth, all right, and then he goes on to the talking points, as all candidates for public office do. But I want to play that interview, and you can listen to the full thing where he talks about the Constitution on the website. You actually, of course, all that content uh, owned and copyrighted by WGN Radio. I do not own it. I just want to share it with you, my listeners, and everything like that. Uh, but that's mayoral candidate Bill Daly. He said in that specific interview that he wants to amend the Constitution. You can find out why at uh, j-dorty.com slash Constitution Daily. And that's D-A-L-E-Y, not D-A-I-L-Y. And, uh, of course, full content uh, to 
John Williams, and WGN. Um, I just thought that was interesting. You know, it's really interesting to see how this uh, mayoral race and election is shaping up. There are tons and tons of candidates. Literally, there are uh, many. The people who are in the race right now, uh, in order of, uh, you know, you know, from alphabetical order, from last name to, uh, you know, first to last, Gary Chico, he is a uh, attorney, he's also a, um, he used to, he ran for mayor, I believe, before as well, um, he was chief of staff for uh, Richard M. Daly, the one who's actually Bill Daly's brother, and um, Richard J. Daly, uh, which is uh, Bill Daly and Richard M. Daly's father, they were all, uh, they were both two mayors, and perhaps uh, Daly number three will be the third mayor of Chicago in that family. Um, he was also the president of uh, Chicago Public Schools. Again, I'm talking about Gary Chico here. Uh, he worked with the Chicago uh, Park District, uh, and he was also the commissioner of public buildings uh, as well. So he has a pretty accomplished life within this city. Bill Daly was a former U.S. Commerce Secretary and served uh, under Barack Obama for a couple of years. Uh, or actually, no, I believe it, it, uh, yeah, it was at least one year he served in Barack Obama's administration as chief of staff, so huge, huge job there, and, uh, he is pretty high in, in the polls, you know, these polls, no one knows how to conduct them, and that, you know, the 2016 election is a very perfect example of that, because it's so much more complicated now, but from what I see right now, I think Bill Daly and, uh, Tony Preckwinkle lead the polls, lead the, uh, amount of, uh, prosperity, and my prediction as it stands right now on, uh, Sunday, February 17th, 2019 at, uh, 2.31 and 56 seconds p.m., I think Bill Daly's gonna win. That's just my, uh, personal opinion, I'll tell you why after I finish reading these, uh, people who are in the contenders list. Amara Enya, I believe is how you say her name. There's so many different ways to say it, or at least that I've heard. Uh, she is the director of the Austin Chamber of Commerce. She's 35 years old. She lives in Garfield Park. Uh, she has, uh, parents who are immigrants, and she's one of six children. She, uh, works as a policy consultant, and she has a master's degree in education, a law degree, and a doctorate in educational policy. So, uh, she seems pretty, uh, loaded on education and everything, although in terms of political experience, it doesn't seem to be as long as Chico and Daly, at least from what I've seen. Bob Fioretti has run for mayoral office and other offices about 50,000 times. He is the former alderman for Chicago's 2nd Ward. And uh, he um, challenged Rahm Emanuel in 2015 and um, just ran a number of times for a number of different alder uh, alderman offices and, of course, mayor offices as well. We go down a little bit more to the list in terms of, uh, and it's actually kind of ironic, for a little bit here... Well, actually, we'll just read uh, all the people here. So we have um, LaShawn Ford. He's a state representative for the 8th District. Uh, he was very prominent, I believe, in the first, um, uh, the, the beginning days of the com campaign in terms of poll numbers and uh, contributions financially that were given to him. It's a little bit go gone down. Uh, in addition, Jeremy Joyce, uh, or excuse me, Jerry Joyce Jr., he's a lawyer and son of Daly Alley, he was the, uh, which uh, was the former 19th Ward Alderman, and uh, he was also the, uh, yeah, so he was, so he's, he has family who was in politics, and um, he was also, uh, he practiced law, and he continues to practice law, I believe, right now at the West Bever Beverly Hill neighborhood in the far south side, and he's the uh, former assistant state's attorney 
Uh, and he actually has close ties and I think a friendship with uh, Richard M. Daly, who was, of course, the former mayor, and he helped elect uh, Cook County State Attorney Richard Devine. Uh, and so that's where it stands right now. John Colzar is also running. He's a lawyer and former city council candidate. He ran for Chicago Alderman in uh, 2011 and then ran for re-election in 2015. He uh, faced Alderman Daley Thompson into a runoff, and then he um, kind of, yeah, his, the rest is history. Uh, he graduated from Mount Carmel High School, High School, the University of Chicago, and John Marshall Law School. He works for Aon. Lori Lightfoot is also running. She's a former Chicago Police Board president and federal prosecutor. She got an endorsement from the Sun-Times, so uh, she is uh, also very prominent um, within the African-American community. There's a lot of people that are endorsing her. And um, that seems to be, in terms of poll numbers, where her target audience is. Gary, Carthy, Gary McCarthy, he is the former Chicago Police Superintendent. I don't know if he thought he could win in the beginning, because I think it was uh, a big. he was a big name in the beginning, but now, as it stands right now, he's going just a little bit down in terms of poll numbers and contribution. He was the superintendent when the Laquan McDonald uh, shooting tape came out. And uh, that uh, Mayor Rahm Emanuel basically fired him, and he resigned as a result. Uh, so that's where it stands right now uh, in terms of Mr. McCarthy. I don't think he has a shot uh, at the moment. That's just my unsolicited opinion. Susanna Mendoza, she is the Comptroller of Illinois. She ran, re she won re-election to the Office of State Comptroller on November 6th, and uh, she said that she was running for Chicago mayor. Um, you can read more about her on her campaign site, which will have all these campaign uh, sites linked on the website, j com. Tony Preckwinkle, the, uh, I would say, number two right now in terms of being the mayor, is um, uh, the Cook County Board President and Cook County Democratic Party Chairwoman. She said that she's interested in running for mayor because she uh, has a lot of prominent issues that are close to her heart. Uh, she is right now, the, of course, the board president for Cook County. She said that um, she has served the city, and this is her exact quote, she served the city and the country together for more than a quarter of a century, 19 of them as aldermen, almost eight as a county board president. I believe that experience gives me a unique understanding of the issues and challenges that our region Faces. She's pretty light on crime, or that seems to be her overarching philosophy, at least from what we've seen as Cook County Board President and what she's kind of running on. She says, we don't want to invest money into uh, the prison systems, we want to invest money into the education system. Neil Sales Griffin is uh, a young political novice, is what the Tribune calls him. He grew up in Kenwood, he's a technology entrepreneur, he's the CEO for CodeNow.org, which is actually, ironically, a... Um, uh, New York-based nonprofit uh, that was uh, very interesting. There, he ran. Um, uh, he's running for mayor, and he has no previous political experience. I don't know. He doesn't. He, in terms of political contributions, to be uh, fair, statistically, he is pretty low at the bottom right now. Uh, but he is a technology entrepreneur, and um, he grew up in Kenwood, so Chicago native, and he seems like he really wants to do the right thing. Paul Vallis, he's another guy, and uh, I believe Daly, Bill Daly, did not show up for one of the debates, 
uh, on WGN, which is a famous Chicago uh, TV station, also a radio station. Uh, Paul Vallis, he is the former CEO of Chicago Public Schools, and he was at one time the city budget director. He did a great job a lot of times. I mean, he is a very intelligent person. I had the honor of meeting him once. Um... And he did a an interview actually on WGN Radio. I was over there during the summer, and um, he was in the studio, uh, and he did an interview with uh, Chicago Tribune columnist John Cass. And uh, I was I met him there, and he did a really really good job uh, in his interview when he first announced and had the potential to run for mayor uh, at the time. And I think you know to be honest, he would be really, really good as mayor. He would really be qualified to run the city, but uh, you really, unfortunately, the way it's, the campaign system is so broken, you have to constantly be getting money, and that is how broken it is, and he is not uh, at the top for that at the moment. Uh, so, that's, that's pretty disappointing, because it seems like a lot of these candidates who have great ideas, not only in Chicago, but in, in Illinois, in all the states, in the whole country, it is sad that you really have to, you know, raise a lot of money. That's why it's kind of broken. If you're really, 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 really rich, you can almost buy the presidency or buy the uh, public office. Willie Wilson, he is a very wealthy businessman. He's uh, He ran for mayor uh, once before, and he owns a bunch of uh, McDonald's franchises, and he is uh, the owner of Omar Medical Supplies. He makes a lot of money. He's an entrepreneur. And, um, he is basically, I mean, he's, he's kind of like a, he's, he's good. I mean, I, I think he actually re- runs a really good campaign. Um, and he's kind of, he's very funny. I, I watched his debate and I was actually honored to be at one of the debates. Um, but yeah, let me get back to my original point about why I think Bill Daly is going to win. A couple of reasons. Number one, he's leading in all the polls. And of course that doesn't really mean anything because in my opinion, the polls are broken, but uh, he has gotten more money, and he has so much money from all these donors and all these people that are donating to him that he basically can win the election uh, in a heartbeat. And it's so broken that it's like that, but that's the reality that we face. Uh, he also has very good ideological ideas. He has um, great great ideas, in my opinion, about uh, the website. or Not the website, I'm looking at the website. About the future of Chicago, the way he wants to rebuild it, how he's looking on in the future, and what he's doing for, uh, so many other things, and that's just my humble opinion, uh, he, on his website, he says that the, uh, top priorities for him are safe neighborhoods, uh, um, affordable neighborhoods, uh, he, he goes on and talks about, uh, neighborhoods and how he needs to rebuild, because it's really, Chicago is a city of neighborhoods, he talks a lot about neighborhoods, safe neighborhoods, strong neighborhoods, and uses all these adjectives to kind of combine into one thing, what he wants to reshape Chicago to be, he talks a lot about, uh, education, he, um, wants to make education so much better in our city, and also, uh, you know, be that a, uh, you know, perhaps a subsequent factor of uh, reducing, you know, criminality and, and lowering these numbers that we see come out of specifically Chicago about the high crime rates, especially at a young uh, age. He also wants to um, increase and solve this huge pension crisis and uh, in, in, that we have specifically in Chicago, or not only Chicago, but also the rest of Illinois, but he can do what he can in budget and finances to run the city and fix the pension problem. He wants to have a climate 
plan. He um want he there he has a full climate plan that I actually uh, read over it. So it's pretty good. It's well it's well put in, uh, put together, and uh, I would I would highly highly recommend reading it if you want to uh, enlighten yourself about climate and the way that it affects cities. So and um, the other thing is okay. This is really where and you know you can you can talk all you want about the issues. You can talk all you want. Bill Daly uh, is has got he he got two million dollars from the richest guy in Chicago, Ken Griffin. He was he originally Ken Griffin endorsed him and said, "Here, I'll give you a million dollars." But then unions strike back with about eight hundred thousand dollars worth of anti-daily ads, and Griffin struck strike. What is it? Yeah, struck back again with. Another million dollars. So he gave him two million. When the unions gave him eight hundred thousand, he just flooded out all of their ads, and it was really interesting. Uh, so as, as it stands right now, and as you know, we'll see what happens with this debate uh, tomorrow uh, at at uh, WTTW on PBS. If you want to tune in, it'll be on the on uh, WTTW.com, or you can go to uh, com slash mayoral debate. I will be there live for a special edition of the J Doherty podcast. If you want to tune in. You can do so on the website, jdashdoherty.com, and we'll have the full transcript here, and I'll be doing some live reporting from there as well. So it'll be really, really interesting to see how this race shapes up. In my opinion, it'll be a runoff between Bill Daly and Tony Preckwinkle. That's how it stands right now, and a lot of people, at least from polls that we've seen, and people who call into radio stations and just normal, everyday uh, you know, Chicago citizens, they say that, Daly, that, that, from what I've seen at least, that they're voting for Daly or Preckwinkle. That's what it stands right now. Willie Wilson is also a very big, uh, <laughs> uh, super big uh, contender in this. Uh, I wouldn't say he is as prominent, and this is just me, He's not as prominent as, uh, you know, Daily or Preckwinkle. But the people who are at tomorrow's debate, which I will be there, uh, it is Bill Daly, Susanna Mendoza, Tony Preckwinkle, Paul Vallis, and Willie Wilson. They are, in my opinion, as it stands right now, the top. They are at the top of the top. And uh, they do all a phenomenal job running their campaigns. I am grateful to all these people who want to make our city better. It's just they have different ideological ways of doing so. And as it stands right now, uh, you know, I, I'm just here to report it. Report on the news and give you it, give it to you. And I think the only time I really talk about local or state politics is when there's an election. And that's what I'm going to be doing today and tomorrow. It's moderated by Phil Ponce. It features Bill Daly, Susanna Mendoza, Tony Preckwinkle, Paul Vallis, and Willie Wilson. I would say you could buy tickets, but unfortunately it's sold out. Uh, but you can watch it live and be a part of the conversation at j slash mayoral debate. You can listen to it live and we'll have full coverage on a special edition of the J. Doherty Podcast tomorrow. Let's move on to, uh, quickly, because I have, uh, been recording here for about 42 minutes and 55 seconds. Uh, we gotta move on to this very awkward moment that happened in Munich, Germany, with, uh, the Vice President of the United States, Mr. Michael Pence. Wow, it was kinda awkward, I, I have to, uh, say, this is one of the very, very, uh, few awkward moments that Mr. Pence has experienced. It's one of the very few moments Pence has experienced, period. He received a uh, very awkward lack of applause after he said Mr. President Donald Trump's name at the Munich Security Conference. And, uh, oh boy. 
you gotta listen to this. This is a this is a uh, I mean this is talk about American politics and just d- how divisive and how divided not only our nation is but also our word or our, not our word our world. This is what he said at the Munich Security Conference. He was he said he was here on behalf of the president. And you'll see the reaction. I bring greetings from the 45th president of the United States of America, President Donald Trump. And then he goes on, and it's just, you hear the debt, he says, President Donald Trump, like he's so proud, he's so proud, he's expecting one of these, he does not get it at all, it is dead silent in the room when he says President Donald Trump's name, he says, he even kind of stretches it out, and he says, uh, I'm so happy to be here on behalf of the President of the United States, President Donald J. Trump. And that was what happened. And that was at the Munich Security Conference. And, uh, wow, that's funny. (sighs) That's where it stands right now. The other guy who is in uh, Munich, Germany, and who joined uh, CNN's Dana Bash for an interview in Munich, Germany, was the House Intelligence uh, Committee Chairman Adam Schiff. And he said to Trump that he's daring the courts to strike down the national emergency, and I think that is a very good phrasal, uh, or phraseology uh, that Trump, that, that, that the Democrats should use, and that anyone who has a sane mind, really, uh, in terms of when, when he said that I didn't have to do this, I mean, that is, you're literally, he's, you're daring the courts, as Adam Schiff said. Here's uh, part of that interview. I want to ask you about the president's decision to declare a national emergency on the border. You called the decision, quote, plainly unconstitutional, but the law does give the president broad discretion on when to invoke these statutes, and Congress has never really defined what a national emergency is. So why is it unconstitutional? Well, because this is the first time a president has tried to declare an emergency when Congress explicitly rejected funding for the particular project that the president is advocating. Uh, And in saying just the other day that, he didn't really need to do this. Uh, he just wanted to do it because it would help things go faster. He's pretty much daring the court uh, to strike this down. So it's hard to imagine a, a poor case. But I'll say this, Dana, it is going to be a real test uh, for my GOP colleagues in Congress and their devotion to the institution. If we give away, if we surrender the power of the purse, which is our most important power, uh, there will be little check and no balance left. It'll not be a separation of powers anymore, just a separation of parties. So this is going to be a moment of truth for my GOP colleagues. That is true, and I do agree with Mr. Schiff on that one, because it is quite sad to see uh, this this terrible divide. And, you know, it really does hit to the checks and balances point. You, I mean, even Senator Rand Paul went on a Twitter rant saying, you know, this is not, this is a terrible deal, and this should have never happened. Marco Rubio even said that he was hesitant as well to even sign off on the deal, and it's not even happened yet. Nothing's happened, he just declared it. It's like, he declared bankruptcy type thing, you know, if you remember that from The Office. Um, But Senator Rand Paul said that he is disappointed with both the massive, bloated, and secretive bill that passed and with the president's intention to declare an emergency to build a wall. 
I, too, want stronger border security, including a wall in some areas, but how we do things matters. Over a thousand pages dropped in the middle of the night, and an extra constitutional executive actions are wrong, no matter which party does them. Could not have said it better myself, Rand. I think that's the only thing that I could have possibly ever agreed with you on. And uh, that is coming from Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky. He's a Republican. One of the very few Republicans standing up to President Donald Trump at this moment. And that's what it stands right now on uh, the Jade Ordy podcast. I just realized I forgot to do my uh, little swoosh at the beginning there, and I should have remembered because it's really unfortunate. I always like to do my swoosh when I transition uh, storyline, so let me do that uh, little swoosh there again. Extra loud, maybe you'll do two at a time. Uh, but in terms of topics, that's all we have for today. I went pretty long. I don't even realize how long I was doing this for. 48 minutes and 27 seconds is what we're at right now. We're going to end the show right now. If I can get this to play. That was pretty loud. That was pretty ear blasting. Didn't mean to do that. That's Joaquin Crude Spring Light on one of on uh, the J Dory podcast. Sunday, February 17, 2019 at 2.51 as we end the show today. And I'm very grateful for everyone who listened. If you want to get the latest news updates, we have one going out tomorrow at 5 a.m. Central Standard Time. We have a full newsletter and a full list of over 500 people who get the latest news from the Doherty Files at j-doherty.com every single week in their inbox. If you want to be one of those people, the website and the place to go is j-doherty.com slash newsletter. And if you want to get uh, the latest news just right in your pocket, on your phone, or on your computer, or wherever you get your news, you can follow me on Twitter at jddjr777. That being said, I'm going to end the show right now on Sunday, February 17, 2019. I'll be back tomorrow for another episode. Jade Ordy Podcast. Bye.